Hello again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 680-680. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will show you how at the end of the program, how to receive one. Just let us know whether you want a CD or an audio tape. Both of them are free of charge, including the postage and handling. The Lord gave me eternal life for free, and I will not sell Bibles. I will not sell my literature or tapes. I give them because it's a free gift of God to you. God laid that on my heart, all right? And we have, um, I've got a very strong message tonight. I've got uh, great songs and letters. But right now, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord. Father, I know you're in me. You live in me and all the real born-again Christians. Uh, but, Lord, I know that you want to live in every man. And you will. Uh, live in every man that will allow you to enter into their hearts, not for your profit, but for their profit. <laughs> You've already got it made in the kingdom of heaven, Father, and they don't. And uh, so we pray that, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get, con God, you know that I'm not trying to get converts to go to my church. This is not what it's all about. What I'm saying is that I just love to preach the gospel all over the world. Many of those people will never be able to come to my church. Most of them will never be able to. But, Lord, I just want to get the gospel to them so that they can say that they really heard the truth while they were here on this earth. Anoint this uh, program, Lord. Anoint everything and everybody on it. And rebuke Satan very powerfully. Uh, close every door to him and close every door to all of his imps. Bind all the devils in the world, Lord, the devil and all of his angels, and anoint your children. Open up ears, uh, open up hearts, and open up spirits to receive you. Lord, that the church may be saved, uh, and even more saved. Let them be more powerful. Let them grow and be more prosperous than ever before, and that Close every door for the devil. Close it in Jesus' name. I pray that souls may be saved and the church strengthened in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. Amen. Here, here's Elvis Presley again to sing, I believe in the man in the sky. The steps that lead to any church for my stairway. To a star, they're part of God and should be tried more often than they are. I believe in the man in the sky. The man in the sky. I believe with his head. I'll get by My footsteps may falter My eyes may grow dim But he's my Gibraltar I'm trusting in him Though a sparrow is all I may be Is all I may be On me he will still keep an eye. 
Yes, I'm singing his praise Till the end of my days I believe in the man in the sky Yes, I'm singing his praise till the end of my days. I believe in the man in the sky, man in the sky. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe in the man in the sky too. That is the man Christ Jesus. Uh, who is also God, but he called himself all a lot of the time here on earth, the son of man. I am the son of man. In other words, to say that he's made out of the same flesh, bone, and blood that we are, and he was able to keep all the commandments of God because he had the power of God in him, and now we have the opportunity to have the power of God in us, which means that we're able to do the same things that he did. We can drink that cup, we can eat that flesh. We can do what he did. And we can overcome by the power of God, the Spirit. The Spirit of God mortifies the deeds of the flesh. People have problems in the uh, in the body. That means they need to get more in the Spirit, into the Spirit. Because um, when the Spirit of God is in you, it mortifies, it deadens, it kills the desires of the flesh. Whenever you're having problems, that just means that you're not reading the Bible enough and the Lord wants you to get in there and start reading. You say, I don't understand it all. Well, then, uh, you know, ask questions. Ask me. I'll be glad to tell you. Going to the, the book of Psalms always helps young Christians because that they can understand. You can understand the book of Psalms. And uh, there's a lot of strength in the book of Psalms. 23rd Psalm says, the Lord, in other words, the word of God is my shepherd. The word of God is my shepherd. I shall not want. I, it leads and guides and directs me into all spiritual things. And uh, the spirit of God tells me uh, to how to stay out of trouble and how to be blessed by God. So this is, um, and it also tells you, you know, how you can be cursed by the Lord as well. There's a lot of blessings in the Bible, and there's a lot of cursings. And we were re- I was reading some of the cursings the other day. And when you're praying, he states, um, and Moses states that, uh, that, because God was telling him, and thy heaven, you're praying to God. He says, and thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass. It's like, have you ever tried to penetrate brass? Uh, no, you cannot. That's, your, your, your prayer will not uh, get into heaven because the heavens will be brass unto you. And the earth that is under thee shall be iron. Did you ever try to grow anything? Back then, most of the people were farmers, so they raised cattle. And you cannot raise uh, fruit and vegetables in iron. And you can't get into heaven uh, when the heavens are made brass to you. God won't hear you. 
Verse 24, the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee. There's all kinds of curses that are coming down that the Lord said would happen in these last days. Uh, the pollution and the starvation and the floods and the fires. And it's all told, the earthquakes, the hurricanes, the tsunamis, uh, diseases, sicknesses. Uh, so he makes the, the rain of thy land powder in dust. From heaven shall it come down upon thee until thou be destroyed. Well, these are God's uh, words cursing people that don't keep the ordinances of the law, that don't walk in the spirit of the Lord. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. Thou shalt go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them and shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. This is what he's saying to his chosen people. So what do you think he's going to do to the Gentiles if they don't do what he says? And they're not doing what he said. Verse 26. And um, thy um, carcass shall be meat unto all fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the earth and no man shall fray them away you won't be able to shoo them away they just be picking at your bones when you're dead the Lord will smite thee with the botch of Egypt and with the emeralds in case you don't know what emeralds are those are piles they're hemorrhoids. And with the scab and with the itch, whereof thou canst not be healed. You know, try to scratch something because it itches so bad and it won't stop itching. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Well, for a long time, I was reading the blessings of the Lord. But now these, he says, that's if you do everything he says. And this is if you don't do what he says. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways. And thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore and no man shall save thee oh you see all these people going on rescue missions pulling people out of the ocean and things like that they do, do over one of those uh, 100 of those rescues a day uh, they just said on the news well anyway we're in the 12th chapter of first corinthians now concerning spiritual gifts the apostle paul is telling the brethren uh, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, uh, members of the body of Christ, I would not have you ignorant. Verse 2, ye know that ye were Gentiles, 
carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. You were led that way. Verse 3. Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Holy Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed. Accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Some uh, devil can come up and say, yeah, the Lord is uh, can't do it. It has to be by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Now, there are diversities of gifts. There's all kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's all kinds of gifts. There's gifts that God gives people in the church to do gardening. That's a gift. Uh, there are those in the church that have the gift cook and take care of the kitchen, all the different diversities in the kitchen. There are people that uh, God gives the gift to preach, to teach, to uh, take care of all the things of the church. These are pastors. And there are differences, differences of administrations. Well, everybody in the church has to work as a body. There's people that write. There's people that type. Uh, these are ministrations to tie the entire body of Christ together so that the word of God can go out. There are people that have the gift to work in a mail room. Uh, it's really something, you know, without that ministry in the church, the mail wouldn't go out. There's people that have to answer the telephones. They have a gift to talk and to explain the different literature and explain the Bible to people that call up and want to know. But the same Lord, they all have the same Lord. They're all saved. Verse 6, and there are diversities of operations. Well, the church operates with so many different things. There's drivers, truck drivers. There's people that work in the warehouse. There's people that uh, drive people back and forth to doctors, to dentists. All sorts of things. There's people that are to take care of emergency situations. But it is the same God which worketh all work as all these type of uh, administrations in everybody. Why, there's people that are mechanics. I don't know anything about mechanics. How do we keep our vehicles on the road? Some of them are not that astute at fixing vehicles. We have 18 wheeler trucks. There's uh, vans, cars, uh, all kinds of heavy equipment as well. We've had all kinds of equipment. We even had at one time a batch plant, and uh, those people learned how to batch cement. Okay, verse 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all, for the whole church. 
everybody profits if everyone is doing their job. There's watchmen. There's day watch. There's um, night watch. So many different things. I, I just can't even uh, say them all. And there's so many people that are uh, filled with the gifts of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. A lot of everybody must have that. And there's people that have the gift of speaking in tongues, and there's others that have the gift of uh, interpretations. Verse eight: For to one is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom. All right. In order for uh, me to preach or teach or to explain the word of God, God has to give me the wisdom to do that. That's a gift. I didn't ever have that, not in all my life. And I know the Lord likes the way I teach because he said, I told him, Lord, the people in the church are not doing what they're supposed to do. When baby Christians come in, Father, they don't even teach them anything. They don't even know how this church got started. They don't know my testimony. I talked to several of the baby Christians. I was complaining, Lord, I mean, not murmuring, complaining about you, Father, or anything that you have me do, but I was complaining against the brothers and sisters because they don't teach uh, what they learn from you through me. So there's a word of wisdom. And so the Lord told me, you teach them. I said, but you've got me writing a new piece of literature every month. You teach them. And I says, oh, okay. So in order to be able to teach them, I figure I might as well, if God thinks I'm a good teacher, he wouldn't be telling me to teach people if I didn't know how to, if he didn't give me the wisdom to know how to do it and the understanding. So I decided to start doing tapes. So I could get to all the churches everywhere. And then the door opened for me to be on the radio. And then there's more doors opening all the time. So he gives uh, me the word of wisdom, the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is wisdom. To another person, he gives them the word of knowledge. The Lord gave me that too. By the same Holy Spirit. So when people don't do what the Lord tells them to do, he takes that talent and gives it to somebody else. The Lord wants everybody in the church to be able to do a lot of these things, and people are not doing it. So he gives all these precious gifts to me, and I'll take the gems in my crown. If you don't want to be blessed, I'll take the blessings away from you. If you want to be like an Esau, where you sell your birthright, you're just too weary, too busy to do anything that the Lord is telling you to do. And you always find something else that's more important to do than what the Lord is wanting you to do. There was a young man in the church several years ago. They called him Happy Howard. His brother was Martin Howard. His brother played the trumpet at the church, and he was working. Those brothers wanted to open a hog farm, so they did up in Uniontown, Arkansas. And they wound up having the third largest independent hog farm. I uh, 
I wouldn't even go up there. I went up twice, and I kept the windows all rolled up. I wouldn't even get out. Martin Howard worked at the hog farm. And his brother, Happy Howard, that was in the church in Los Angeles, wanted to go to the hog farm to be there with his brother. But the Lord kept telling me, no, I want him to teach the baby Christians to read the Bible to them and explain to them the different things that I have taught the church, that Susie taught the church. Well, he said, no, I want to go to the hog farm. And so one night I called and I says, look, the Lord, I, I, I want to talk to Howard. Craig Howard, I think it was the name was. And they said, he's in the prayer room. So I said, well, get him. They came back and said, he's not in the prayer room. He's leaning on the outside wall of the prayer room, drinking a cup of coffee instead of being in there uh, praying with the baby Christians. So the Lord says, tell him to come over and tell him that I said I'm going to kill him. So I says, uh, go get him and I tell him I want to talk to him. So they got him on the phone and I said, Greg, did you know that the Lord told me that he's going to kill you? And he says, yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. I said, you know that? How do you know that? He said, ah, I just know it. Acted smart, Alecky. About a week and a half later, uh, he, instead of asking me if he can be on the roof, because I always pray, people ask, can I go to Fort Smith or can I go to Texas? Can I go here or there? Can we go on a witnessing cruise? And I have to answer these questions all day, but I pray first before I tell them to go because I don't want to send them out on a journey someplace where they might be killed. I don't know what awaits them in different cities. I have to pray, Lord, should I send them to Alabama or to Nashville, Tennessee, or to New York or where? Or Albuquerque, whatever. And so he decided to take it upon himself to get up on the roof with the roofing crew. At this particular roof, this uh, disobedient person in the church went and covered all the skylight roofs with butcher paper so that you couldn't tell what was under there. And really all it was was glass. And so he was just jogging along, you know, just happy Howard. And he stepped on that butcher paper and he went down two floors and lit on his back on the concrete floor. Well, they rushed him to the hospital. They called me on the phone. They said he's there. So I rushed down to... Uh, See if I could pray for him. And the Lord says, don't pray for him. Didn't you remember I told you that I'm going to kill him? He said, oh, yes, Lord. So I went there, and he was huffing and puffing. He was totally in a coma, and he was uh, breathing in real loud and breathing out. <laughs> like that. And they had an oxygen tent around him. And so they said, uh, okay, you can see him, but uh, you're his pastor, all right? And I, they said, go and sit in the visiting room. And the blue light went on. That means he's dead. And here comes all these nurses, uh, men and women, down the hallway. And they go in there. And I look, and it's him. And they uh, put that board on him, clapboard, and it brought his heart back. And um, he... Uh, was living again, then the blue light went on again. And somebody called from the church and said, 
Well, I just had a vision. This person didn't even know that he was in the uh, hospital. He was praying. Uh, he says this. He appeared before this uh, brother in the uh, prayer room, and he says, "Pray for me. I'm going to go to hell. Pray for me. I'm going to hell. I'm dying." And he he got out, and he says, "I don't know what in the world this is, but they said it all happy. Howard is dying. This." And he appeared before me and says, pray for me and get everybody praying for me. Well, at that time, nobody prayed for anybody. They were just, ah, everything is just fine. We're living one day at a time. We're having fun. That's what we're supposed to do. We want to have fun. We were out in the world, hippies. We, we you know, were drinking uh, booze, t- smoking pot, uh, taking uppers, downers, inners, outers, sniffing glue, gas, morning glory seeds, chewing them. Whatever. And uh, they started getting a little weary about uh, serving the Lord. So that's the attitude. Now we're drinking coffee and leaning on the prayer room door, letting the baby Christians in there by themselves, wanting to go to the hog farm and be with his brother rather than what the Lord wanted to do, to be with the brothers and to read the Bible to them. I thought, man, this guy is not one of the army of the Lord. Because a good army follows the director. And God is the director. He directs me what to tell people. And so finally, the um, I says, whoa, that's something. Well, I know he's going to die because the Lord told me. And I told him, too. I warned him. And he did die. And I told that to everybody. And I said, did you pray? No, we didn't even know to pray. Nobody passed it around to anybody. Verse 9. To another, he gives faith by the same Holy Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing. I have that too. I don't uh, broadcast it all the time. But when I pray for people, they get healed. And if they don't have enough faith, I send them to the hospital. There's one woman in the church that she just couldn't stop eating, and she became morbidly obese. And so they say she's going to die. She was on a breathing machine, and she couldn't uh, she couldn't hardly walk anywhere without huffing and puffing. And so I said, "Look, I will pay to have your stomach stapled. Do it because you're eating too much, and you're going to die." She must have weighed four or five hundred pounds, and she's only very small, very not tall, very short. So another faith. By the same spirit, I even told that woman that uh, if you will lose a hundred or more pounds, hundred, hundred fifty pounds, you get down to where you're like a normal person. I'll let you take a trip with some of the sisters to Israel and I'll get you a new wardrobe. Ah, it didn't work, so I had to get her stomach stapled only if she wanted to, and she did. To another faith by the same spirit. What's so important about faith? Well, it's because there isn't anything that you can get to, from God without faith and without asking him in prayer for whatever you want. To another person, the gifts of healing. I have that too, by the same Holy Spirit. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles. To another... Prophecy. I've had that. Um, 
A lot of times the Lord talks to me and tells me what's going on. Tell that person that they're going to die or their children are going to die if they don't do what I tell them. And I do. I prophesy it to him. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. I have that gift as well. To another uh, diverse kinds of tongues. Well, I when I would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I talked and spoke in tongues. But after that... Uh, I haven't spoke that much in tongues. I don't have that gift. To I know that some people say they have the gift, but they really don't. And they uh, speak in tongues on television, and they're not supposed to, because the Bible says, <clears throat> Paul said, that people will think you're crazy if you're speaking in tongues. Unless there be an interpreter there to uh, show them that it's really of the Lord. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit. All these things are happening because of the Holy Spirit. They don't happen by themselves. Or you can't make them up and have the Lord love you. Dividing to every man severally a different kind of work as he will. Verse 12, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So we, all of us that are in Christ, we all have different jobs to do. We're all different uh, members, but we're all of one body. So why should we be jealous of one person in the body when we're all going to receive the same reward? Verse 13, and we will receive the same reward because we're all the body of Christ. And I love it when I uh, my toes and feet feel good and my chest and my shoulders and arms, my biceps, my triceps, my forearm, every part of my body. There's different functions in my body for all different things. Verse 13, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Uh, just like the children of Israel were baptized in the Red Sea, and then they were baptized in the cloud that followed them in the wilderness. Because God put the cloud above them so that they wouldn't get sunburned. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Uh, do you renounce sin, Satan, and the world? These are the things I tell people when I'm baptizing them in water. They say yes. Well, in virtue of the fact that you have left the world and you're going to allow Christ to live in you and you're going to deny your flesh and take up the cross and follow him, by the virtue of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ that he has given me to do this I baptize thee in the name, what's your name? And they give me their name, and I baptize them down into the water in the name of the Father, and in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now remember, in the uh, chapters before, the Bible says that we all must drink the spirit of God, the cup, his blood, and we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that was a hard saying for people when Jesus was with them and they left him and never came back. That is what an antichrist is. People that have fallen away from the true word of God, they're sitting in churches now and there's big crowds because the majority of the people are not walking in the spirit. So in order to appease their consciences, they go to different churches where they don't teach them the strict word of the Lord. And they don't teach it to them. If they start teaching the true word of God, the people in that church start um, disappearing. Pretty soon they've got very few people in the church. And the churches, some of them are big, massive auditoriums. And they have a nut that they have to keep, a financial nut. They're on television. They have to pay the bills so they water down the gospel. And one of the things that I learned when I was first saved is, uh, Tony, we can't live on a high like you used to out in the world. We moved into a $60 a month shack behind a filling station. We call it the shack. Uh, behind the shack. It had dirt floors. Hippies lived in them before. They were large snakes, big green snakes on the wall that they, all these hippie drawings and so on. And it was really just a place that you would uh, not like to live. But um, I put a floor in and Susie, uh, uh, we I tiled the floor and I put carpet going up the stairs and carpet after I put the floor in. And we built a little uh, place for the garbage under the sink. I got little two little doors from uh, Home Depot or someplace like that. And uh, uh, we, you know, fixed it up. And it was livable. And I got very comfortable in there living for $60 a month rent. And the money, the rest of the money, go for the gospel. Verse 14, for the body is not one member but many. Why, we would be able to, I can't go out into the streets and pass out, uh, uh, distribute literature. There's people that are the, the body of Christ that are distributing literature all over the world. And that's wonderful to me. Verse 15, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body. I'm jealous of the hand. It is therefore not of the body. Is that right? Uh, Paul is being facetious here. Verse 16, And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Yes, it's of the body. How would you like to be without your nose? No, you wouldn't like that. We need all the parts, the members. How would you like to be blind? You wouldn't have eyes. No. How would you like to be deaf? 
No, that's part of my body, my ears, my eyes, my nose, my smelling, my touch. How would you like to have no smell? If you have no smell, you can't taste your food. What kind of a life would that be? Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? We wouldn't have ears then. If the whole uh, body were hearing, where were the smelling? How would we smell? And if we can't smell, we can't taste. Verse 18, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body. Uh, we need to know what part of the body we are. And then we need to get busy for the Lord. As it hath pleased God. He put every person in the body as it pleased God. Verse 19. And if they were all one member, where were the body? Where's the body at? I never wanted to be famous. I always promoted other people and other things in the world. And I did everything in my power. I just pushed Susie. I put her front and forward. I didn't want to teach. I didn't want to preach. I just want to be behind the scenes as always. But he took her life. She drank the cup and God pushed me forward. And this is not anything that I would have chosen, but the Lord chose it. He placed me in the body the way he wanted me to be. And it wouldn't do any good to be jealous of me because you're, uh, you know, if you're wanting to be me, or to do the job that I do, you'll never have that job. Uh, because God uh, will not put, anoint you for it. He, he, he has to be the one to pick you and place you in the body as it pleases the Lord, as it pleases him. Verse 20, but now are they many members, yet but one body. That's really something, how we all one group. It's like Prudential Life Insurance Company. They have all kinds of different uh, types of people in there. And in factories, I like the Ford factory. They have people that put lug nuts on on the tire, on the car, car tires. And uh, they have another one putting on a fender. Each one has a certain job. It's an assembly line. They can't, the person that just all he knows how to do is put on a lug nut, he can't put the convertible top on. He doesn't know how. He hasn't been trained for it. He has not, he's not anointed. And how much more is this to be in the house of God, the body of Christ? It's like somebody's going to put a, 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 all he knows how to do is put on lug nuts. And so he puts a lug nut on top of the car instead of the convertible top. He's just like a moron. Verse 21. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. We need every part of our body. Nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of thee. Verse 22. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble, are necessary. Verse 23, And those members 
of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. Well, dishonorable, the uncomely parts, it takes, um, you have to take better care of them than any other thing. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. Uncomely parts, these are the uh, organs that we use to beget children. And we hide them, but they're very comely because these are what bring life into this world. Verse 24, for our comely parts have no uh, need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lack. Verse 25, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Verse 26, you know, and look at how many times people have to go to the toilet every day. You don't wash your elbow that much, <laughs> do you? Or your feet? That's what he's talking about. All the members, they have the same care one for another. Verse 26. And whether one member suffers, so does all the other members in the body suffer with it. Somebody pounds a, a, a hammer on your toe. I mean, your, your brain is going to know your whole body's going to be racked with pain. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. That somebody, some big wig invites you to sit at the head of the table. Not only does the head sit there, but it's sitting there, you know, every part of your body is sitting there. Your hands are on the table. Your feet are on the floor, and they're all attached. It's one body, all receiving the same beautiful meal that they prepared for you. The toes, the fingers, everything. Even your belly button is sitting right there. Amen? Yeah. Verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ. Not just one of you, but all of you together. And members in particular. Verse 28, and God has set some in the church, first, apostles, secondarily, uh, prophets, thirdly, teachers, after that, miracles, then gifts of the healings, helpers, governments, to take care of the office, pay the bills, make out the checks, look through the bills, file, file them away, file the receipts, do the banking, all those things that I don't do. Diversities of tongues, 
all these different gifts, 29, are all apostles? Is everybody an apostle? Uh Uh-uh. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? Hardly. Verse 30, have all the gifts of the, uh, have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? Absolutely not. Verse 31, but covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Uh, that's the end of chapter 12. So in this world we have faith, hope, and charity. But the, the best gift of all is charity. He says in uh, chapter 13, Though I speak with the tongues of angels, of men, and of angels, and have not charity. In other words, if I don't do the work of God, charity is love, and love is the keeping of God's commandments. I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, and uh, all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. If I don't keep God's commandments, if I, charity is love, love is the keeping of God's commandments. Verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods, I give everything I got away to feed the poor. And though I give my body to be burnt and have not charity, it doesn't profit anything. It profits me nothing. Verse 4, charity, love, the keeping of God's commandments suffereth long. Oh, we put up with uh, things a lot. And is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Doesn't exalt itself. Is not puffed up. Verse 5. Does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. In other words, there's people that um, think evil. In their minds, they're receiving all sorts of wicked thoughts. But a person that has charity, that keeps God's commandments, they're always praying without ceasing. They pray always. Verse 6. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. They rejoice in the word of God. Verse 7. Beareth all things. You know, if you see a bathtub that needs washing and somebody else dirtied it up, 
You go in there and you clean it up. You don't get the person, hey, listen, you, you weasel, you dirtied that tub up. That's what I want to do. And then Susie taught me a better way. And if they uh, use your brush, give you dandruff, well, you just wash the brush and wash your hair more often. Verse 7, Beareth all things, believeth everything that the Lord has said, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Verse 8, Charity or love, the keeping of God's commandments never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. One of these days, uh, you know, people will not be able to prophesy. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Verse 9. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Verse 10, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Like, we need faith now to continue on. We need hope to continue on. But when we see, the Bible says, if you see something, you don't need faith to believe it anymore because you can see it. So in heaven, we don't need faith anymore. We're there. We don't need faith to believe. God allows people, like he told me about Susie. Susie is uh, going to raise from the dead, she told me. We're going to be the two witnesses. Well, that had that, she told me, 26 years ago. She says it's going to be quite a while. But, um, so when we're in heaven, we don't need faith and we don't need hope because we're there. Um, all these things, faith and hope, shall be done away with. Because we'll be where that which is perfect is. Then that which is in part shall be done away. I have to end there now because it's really time to pray. And um, that's the first commandment that you really have to keep. Is if you say, I'm going to pray right now and I'm going to become a Christian. And uh, you do pray and you do become a Christian, you're saved. But if you say, I'm going to wait. I'm not ready right now. That's a no-no. That the Lord will not uh, like. That is, uh, if you're saying, I'm going to wait, that is rejecting the Lord. And if he re you reject him, he'll reject you. So let's pray and uh, get ourselves saved here. Say to the Lord, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that you, Father God, raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I open the door of my heart, and I invite you into my heart, Lord Jesus. Wash all my former filthy sins away in the precious blood that you shed for me. Father, you enter me, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit. 
You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, just raise your hands up and praise and thank the Lord. And Sharon, tell our listening audience how they can receive a copy of this program, number 680. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505 or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Alamo again to tell you to tune in tomorrow for another powerful message and to get a clarity of what the Word of God really means. Here's Elvis Presley now to sing for you in the garden. Is ringing.